Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. Our incredible guest for today is the amazing April Diaz. April has been a visionary and a challenger her entire life. She's the founder and CEO of Azer & Co., a coaching company all about activating women to live and to lead with wholeness. And she's the co-founder of Praxis Coaching, a coaching certification company for faith-led leaders. For nearly 20 years, she pastored in two of the most influential churches in the U.S., April is a certified coach, international speaker, author, and advocate for the marginalized voice. She's always been a tomboy with sparkly shoes as well. April's still crazy about her high school sweetheart, Brian. Together, they co-parent three fabulous kiddos and live in Orange County. I know you're going to get so much out of this really meaningful conversation we have with April today. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello again, Lead Bold. We are back with another podcast episode. I'm here with my buddy, Aaron Seth. Hello, hey, Aaron. <laughs> great How are you be doing here. today, Aaron? I'm good. I'm doing great. I was going to say, we have a very exciting guest. I'm really pumped for this episode. Yes. She's like, don't ask me about me. Let's get on to the conversation. <laughs> yes. Okay. April Diaz is our guest today. Welcome, April. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yay. We're glad that you're here too. We are excited to kind of just hear about you and what you're doing. And actually, I know that um, we'll probably get into all this, but you know, we just like to, we just like to roll with it. And I know they already heard like what you do and your bio and all that, but I just want to ask you, like, could you just give us a sneak peek into like, what got you started in this place of, you know, having been a pastor and then transitioning to coaching particularly aimed at women can you just talk a little bit about kind of where that seed was planted and how that formed Mm -hmm. what you're doing today it's a great question um i god planted the seed honestly i mean i think ever since i was a little girl i have had leadership and i have wanted to do big things in the world and i've wanted to make a difference and you know be with people and kind of do fun things and I think the the actual beginning of that story was a couple of men when I was in high school that looked at me and said, I think that God's marked your life for ministry and for leadership, and we want to invest in you. And one was a high school campus life student leader person, um, and the other two guys were pastors at a church that really just kind of pointed their finger at me and said, let's let's invest. And I had no concept for that because I grew up in a context where women did not lead in any way, shape or form. The only thing women were put on earth to do was get married and have babies and take care of house and home and husband. And I had no interest in that. And so when these three men looked at me and said, we think you've got some leadership and we think that your life is marked for something. um, It like, 
it just ignited this passion and this fire in me. And there's been no looking back. I mean, game on. That's a gift, man. I think, you know, I think so often, you know, many of the people who listen to this podcast, either one have like come into that knowledge later in life than they expected, right? Like kind of like, wow, I think I have this call or have been in a position where they have felt that call, but haven't had it be affirmed by like male counterparts in their level of ministry. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah we talked to we talked to a lot of women who, you know, they've got like you're saying, even as a little girl, that leadership was there, they knew it, they saw it, but they didn't really have a category for it. Or it felt like, uh oh, God made a mistake on me and accidentally gave me leadership skills mm -hmm. and gifts. Um, so yeah, that's really great. And it's a great, um, you know, just a reminder that, that, you know, for the men out there, we have and still need them as allies and partners to mm -hmm. to make room at the table and to invite us into places and so that's such god was really giving the that to you through yeah. those men it's and that's why i'm so passionate about what i do now because i remember in my early 20s looking at women like nancy beach and nancy orberg who i served on the same staff as them and i would i i saw them and I was like, I want to be like that someday, you know, and there were several other women. Jeannie Stevens was my boss. I mean, there were there were several women that were ahead of me. And I thought if I just continued to do my thing, that the scales would tip and we would see more women leading, not just in the church space, but in every space. And it was in my late 20s. I had been pastoring and doing youth ministry for about 10 years. And I started looking around and going, the scales aren't tipping like this isn't naturally changing just because i'm doing my thing i need to be way more proactive about that and so that started a shift for me in terms of how i was using my gifts and how i was developing them and um the the ways i was investing in myself because i just knew that that wasn't going to be a natural change because there's the patriarchy is strong and there were way too many forces at play in both faith spaces and in the larger culture that we're going to keep women in their place, but not in the places that they needed to be in. And so I just decided I was going to be doing something different. Nice. So you're like, I'm going to change this. And did you ever feel like you should change your name to Nancy since your two big role models <laughs> were named Nancy? Maybe that's the key. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Though, and Nancy Beach said that was mainly a name that was for women in the 50s. So uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, let's jump in. You know, April, that we kind of hit these three things in our um, podcast conversations. And so let's jump in with this first one of what is a word that is or has been significant to you in your ministry and leadership? And just tell us a little bit about where it comes from and what it means for you. Yeah, the word is abundance. And it's literally been a dominant word for me in the last probably three, four, maybe five years, actually, uh, because I've realized how much scarcity I have lived in for my whole life. And about five years ago, I met a woman named Sunny uh, in Shanghai, China. And we had a conversation along the side of the road, driving through Shanghai, where I felt so strongly convicted about how much scarcity I have lived in um, financially, in my gifts, in my influence, in my mindset. And God was just very kind, but also strong with me in that moment 
that I needed to go on a journey to experience more abundance. And I literally have the word life um, in Greek tattooed on my wrist from John 10, where Jesus says that I've come to give you life in all of its fullness. Like that's that abundant life, right? And I had had that tattooed on my arm even before that experience in Shanghai, but it set me on a trajectory of uncovering and kind of peeling back the layers of how much scarcity that I have lived in unaware. And I don't think it's only me. I think that for women, we live with this crippling sense of scarcity. We don't feel like we are enough. We are overwhelmed. We are stuck. We are not living into the fullness of our created gifts and our purpose. And it's literally robbing ourselves and those that we love the most uh, from living into our potential, you know, and fully experiencing more of God, you know, the magnitude of God. And so mm. I, I, that word has been such a driver for me and it literally God continues even this last week, you know, there was another layer that God pulled back of like, Oh, that's a, that's a scarcity mindset girl. Like we gotta, we gotta work through that. Got it. So you're saying, so if I'm understanding you right, you, as you were growing up and kind of being formed and all that and your leadership and just who you are as a person, there really was a scarcity and also you then kind of perpetuated that mindset. Is that what you're saying? Like, so at some, at a little bit, it was a yeah. choice eventually, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the environments that you're in really help to shape your mindset and your perspective and your worldview and how you participate in your life. And so scarcity was like, that was normal. Like that was the, the way of life. And, and then there was this like, aha of, oh my gosh, this is not how we've been created. This is, this is not the life that Jesus came to bring us. The abundance is who God is and what God has for us. And so what have been the lies that I've been believing about who I am and what I am intended to do with this one wild and precious life that I've been given? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you do a ton of obviously coaching with women and kind of having these deeper conversations about even motivation and where things were formed. What would you say are some of the, the big lies that in particular women believe that lead us to that scarcity mindset? Yeah. I mean, I kind of ran through them real quick. I, mm -hmm. Not enough um, or too much. You know, it's either end of the spectrum. It's actually both are, are scarcity mentalities. I, I am not enough because I'm not X, Y, and Z, or I am too much because I am, you know, too loud or too bold or too opinionated or ah. too whatever. I mean, both okay. are scarcity. So there's not room um, for me. Is that where the yeah. scarcity comes in? Yeah. Okay. Or I don't belong, you know, and mm. I, or I don't fit or I, I, I'm, I'm the weirdo, the misfit, the outsider. I don't have a place. Um, that was more of my story. But mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of women experience the not enough side too. Like I'm not strong enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not domestic enough. I'm not a, a, a big enough leader. You know, like fill in the blank. Our culture does a really good job of making us feel one of the two. But we're actually, we're enough. And mm. because of that, like you matter and what you want matters. Um, I think the scarcity also shows up a lot around how we participate in our lives. So one of the things that I see a lot with women that we work with is playing small. And I'll often ask, are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? 
playing mm-hmm. to win is an abundance mentality. Like I'm all in, I'm going all in, I am I am risking, I am trusting, I am investing, I am contributing. But if you're playing to lose, you are holding back, you're playing to small. not lose, you mean? Yeah. No, I hope we're not to to lose or to not lose. Are are you playing not well, yeah, are you playing not to lose, which is ultimately oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, I get it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- those are the, like the, the playing small and the hiding and the covering and the the word just gets used a lot with people who are playing not to lose. Um, those kinds of things are like, there's a holding back and that scarcity really keeps us from our whole self and it mm. keeps the world from actually becoming more like heaven on earth. Yeah, there's so much. I think there's also the depth that you've shared here of we almost always, especially due to kind of the environments that many of the women who listen to this and, 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 and anyone who listens to this, even if they're in ministry or not, we put this level of like things that God can handle in a box of like spiritual things, right? So the intangible versus like, like you said, it's not even just an abundance of like confidence in, in, in Mm -hmm. trusting of the call. It's the, it's the tangible stuff. It's, like enough time, enough money, enough mm-hmm. uh, support, enough yes. um, encouragement. Like it's pretty incredible, you know, to to pull back the lens a little bit. And it isn't just about the introspection of my personal self as much as the way I let those mm-hmm. tangible things affect the scarcity mindset within my own yeah. person. 100%. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Yeah. I really liked that perspective. I don't know that I've thought about that perspective before when I think about scarcity mindset of of the too much side of it. Um, and it's so true. Like we, you know, I, I think that we, especially as women, we feel like kind of what you were saying, April, of there's this um, really narrow place where we fit and we see other mm-hmm. people that, other women that look like that's where they're fitting and we know we don't fit there. Mm-hmm. And, but it being on the side of too much, I'm too this, I'm too that. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it's, and so that means there's not room for me or there's not a place for me. Yeah. That is really powerful. And I think a lot of our women can relate. Yeah. What is the, tell us the abundance story just from this week or last week or whatever you said. Oh, oh my gosh. So, you know, I grew up in the church. Like I said, I was in pastoral ministry for over 15 years. Um, I have a lot of scarcity around money and the abundance thing that God brought up this week is, um, around my business Mm -hmm. and around building a company where, I mean, we want to be a multi, multi multi-million dollar company, not for the sake of saying we're a multi, multi multi-million dollar company, but because I believe that our mission is such that it warrants being a multi million dollar company Mm -hmm. that we tell us your mission, just so we are reminded of it. Yeah, so Azer & Co. really exists to help women live and lead with wholeness and do that, you know, within every single dimension of your life and of your leadership. And so I, I mean, COVID has, you know, kicked the crap out of all of us to some degree, mm-hmm. and it has mm-hmm. for sure in my life and my leadership. I mean, over half of the life of Azer & Co. has been during COVID. And so we've, you know, we've been in some scarcity mentality of like, hunker down, you know, circle the wagons, like make sure every I is dotted and T is crossed and dollar sign is, or, you know, decimal point is in the right place for finances. (laughs) That's important. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, you know your numbers. Right. And the comma should be in the right place too. <laughs> yes, I need more commas, actually. More commas, <laughs> more commas. But that's, that was the thing. Is, that was the thing is I, I had a conversation with God around like, I have thought, I have been embarrassed and ashamed and um, hesitant about one, asking for more money and two, actually earning a whole lot of it. Hmm. Because it has been taught to me that, you know, money is the root of all evil and hmm. that, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. And that has translated for me as don't earn a lot and don't ask for what it is that you want or that you're actually worth. Hmm. And so, oh gosh, I mean, it, it triggered a, a number of like really practical things for me. But one of them is raising my rates. The other thing is being unapologetic moving forward, both for how much we charge for things in our company and also for what it is that we want to make as a company because mm -hmm. of what it represents. And, and the abundance part too is like research shows that when women make money, 90% of what we make goes back into our families and into our communities, AKA mm -hmm. we change the freaking world when we make mm -hmm. money. Yeah, but my whole life I have been taught that I, I I shouldn't do that, and whatever I receive, I should be grateful for, mm. and I should just say thank you and move on. Instead, going, oh, actually, I've got degree, I've got I've got receipts, you know, for what it is that we actually do, and the more money that we can make, the more we can actually impact the world. Mm. So that has been a piece that's been real strong for me this week. That's yeah. something we talk about a lot on this podcast is the feeling of, of, of that quietness, of that scarcity mindset that says like, you know, how hard it is for many of the people who are, whether in ministry or even in nonprofit work that we speak with about fundraising, about asking for yep. more, about yep. trusting and believing that what you've been called to do is worth the ask, right? That what God has yep. put in your heart and in your in, in your in front of you to impact the kingdom is worth the ask mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. from a, a corporate perspective like self-advocacy for women yep. is like at an all-time low and so um it's one of those things where we know we trust we trust what god is asking us to do and we don't necessarily trust ourselves to be an advocate for not only like ourselves, but like an advocate for the call that God's placed on us. And that can be a scary place of courage to like lean in and say, it is okay to ask to be compensated fairly. It is okay to make sure we are continuing to ask for money to forward the impact that God will make on the kingdom for this. But it's such yeah. a tough place to be. <laughs> yeah. But it's tough either way, right? And that that's part of the work that I do in coaching with women, especially around money and mindset issues with this, is that, you know, I also was taught that, like, to trust God, trusting God because you don't have enough money was somehow holier than trusting God when you have a lot of it and you want to do good things with it. That somehow one is holier than the other. And I just, Damn. I call BS. Like, I... I, right now, I'm in the middle of, I'm day one of a challenge that I have accepted around some money goals. And it is taking a lot of trust for me to send the emails, to make the asks, to say what it is that I'm going for. It is taking a lot of trust in both who God is, but also who I am and what I can contribute to say, I'm going to run for this amount of money in the next 10 days. Hmm. How is that 
less trusting than going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the rent this month. Mm. And I'm going to trust that God is going to allow me to pay the rent. And do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, the, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it, there's some yeah. unhealthy mindsets there, but we've been taught that. Yeah. I really appreciate just your candor with that and being able to even talk about your own, you know, kind of the little warning or the 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 narrative that we've been taught that you were taught kind mm-hmm. of overcoming that and stepping back and really putting that layer on it too of you know why is it because I'm a woman I think this way Mm -hmm. or I wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know if this was a man in my same position Mm -hmm. it would be a whole different conversation so I appreciate that thank you for that I think it kind of ties in even as we move on to this next W of a warning that you would give, you know, you've been in a few facets of ministry and leadership and have probably learned some things the hard way and (laughs) have a chance to kind of invest every single one. The ones we really learn are the hard way. (laughs) But um, as you speak into women leaders and kind of can encourage them to maybe take a different trajectory earlier on, uh, what, what would you say? What's your warning you would give? Yeah, my warning is that we need to disproportionately invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. That um, th- the warning is don't invest in everything and everyone else and leave the scraps for you. Because again, all of the, re- the research and the studies show for decades that have been studied, like that when we invest in ourselves, everyone benefits. Um, it is the stupid cliche of like putting on the oxygen mask in the airplane before you put it on your kid, you know, that, that you've got to do that for yourself first. And it's not only putting on an oxygen mask, it is literal investment. You know, we will invest in, um, facial products or we'll invest in a good handbag or we'll invest in, um, our kids' education. We'll invest in everything else. And then literally look at the bank account or, you know, look at the time that's left and go, okay, I can invest in a manicure or a pedicure and that, that's the investment is the external mm. and yeah. i i think the warning is do not leave the scraps of the leftovers for yourself because when you invest in yourself there is enormous ripple effect there is a catalytic effect there is a trajectory shift there is a trajectory shift that is made um when it is that you say i'm gonna start with me and then watch to see what happens beyond that. Mm. So you're saying, if I'm understanding it right, it's beyond, it's that, it's beyond self-care. It's beyond like, like what you were yeah. saying, like, I need to take a break, which is super important. We've talked about that on other yep. podcasts and other conversations. You're yep. saying beyond that to actually invest in your own growth, your own stretching, your own leadership, your own like mm-hmm. building into your own potential yep. of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. you're the what? only one that is responsible to do that. Nobody else mm. can make those decisions for you. You have to be yeah. the one that says, I'm going to sign up for that course. I'm going to get that degree. I'm going to be a part of the coaching group. I'm going mm-hmm. to hire the financial person. I'm going to, whatever it is, like you've got to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. So what would you say, like for those that are listening and they're kind of, you know, this is resonating with them. What are the questions that they have to ask themselves to know what what is that what should their investment in themselves look like? Um, I don't know what it should be. I would love a conversation with somebody around that. Um, but I think that we know. 
I, I think that if you took even 10 minutes to close your eyes and to listen to your gut or to go back to the last time your heart pitter-pattered over something that was offered or something that you saw and you were like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. And then and then you immediately talk yourself out of it, you know, but this, but that, I want to, uh, I, I can't, maybe next year, maybe next, uh. um, those are definitely warning signs. And those are, those are invitations to explore it a little bit deeper. But honestly, I really trust women. I really believe that like, we know within us what it is that we need if we would take the time, the hot second, the breath, the reflection to answer the question. And and then you need to tell somebody because again, those, <laughs> yeah, those that's good. will come up immediately and yeah. you will talk yourself out of it and you will wait and you will hold back. And so, you know, when is now a good time? When is now a good time to actually invest? When is now a good time to make the contribution to yourself? Um, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed, you know, when this conversation is over, whatever happens. Um, but we are responsible to live and lead with wholeness, to, mm -hmm. to fulfill the potential that we've been given. So let's do it. I had a, a great mentor. Um share with me a, a professional mentor uh, through my career who kind of said, mm -hmm. if not now, then when Aaron, right? Like mm -hmm. if it's yeah. not now, then when, right. To kind of yeah. put ourselves in a framework. And also mm -hmm. I love the, the call out to, Hey, like once you've established that moment within yourself, immediately, like do yourself another favor in creating accountability with somebody and reaching out and making yeah. that known to another person who can, who can help you, who can ask you the tough questions, who can celebrate your wins with you. Like there's so much that is encompassed in that level of, of the sharing. And that's one of the things I love about Lead Bold is it's a space for people who understand the, the climate and the, the sphere that you're in and can be a place of accountability when, when the yeah. question you keep having is if not now, then when? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder too if like for some of the women in our community, I really appreciate that sense of like, what's the thing you feel drawn to, but you put the butt in front of it for sure. The other thing I wonder is, you know, I think we've all learned to compensate uh, for the ways that we know we're lacking and to just raise the leadership bar of like, you don't have to be lacking in this. Like if you don't if you don't know about something or you're not comfortable with something, um, there are ways to learn it. So almost like identifying the places where you know that God's calling you to invest in yourself in growing and learning and broadening your skills to be able to do what you're called to do. You know, I mean, I think about, um, you know, those who kind of want to start something and you have the passion or you're a good writer or you're a good speaker or you're whatever, but, you know, getting back to decimals and commas, like you don't know how to actually run a yeah. business or, you know, those other things. And, and, you know, it's kind of that balance of, ooh, I hate that word balance, but it's the, it's wisdom, wisdom in navigating what do I need to bring people to surround myself with people who are good at what I'm not good yeah. at? And also just super honestly, what do I need to put some work into to get better at some things that God, that I might be just trying to fake my way through or avoid? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
And I want to dovetail quick into something that Aaron had said about the accountability. Accountability and support are two of the most important things that you need in order to actually move forward to achieve what it is that you want or to actually move from where you are to where it is that you want to be. Without those two things, I, I believe we have everything in us in order to mm. you know, fulfill our potential. I, I truly believe that. Like we've been given everything that we need for life and godliness, right? However, we're also created for community and for relationship. And community and relationship shows up in accountability and support in order to help us get from where we are to where it is that we wanna be. From you know living at 60% to living 100%. That is required because of all of those other internal conversations and the narratives and the patriarchy that has told us that we should be grateful for what we've got. We should just say thank you. And we should just kind of continue to live our lives on autopilot or at the trajectory that we're on. So I think both are, are kind of true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things I think about just in particular with our conference. Like one of the big reasons that we started Lead Bold and that our first thing was a conference was because it was just making that space where women leaders who are in ministry spaces can can see that there is a community there, that there mm-hmm. is there are other people. And so obviously when you come to something like that, like we've all been to conferences where you're so inspired and you're like, yes, this is great. And of course it takes having that community and support and accountability. But even just that first part of it where you can look around in a community and say, these are like-minded people um, and it is okay for me to want this thing. And I can be inspired by those who are down the road a little ways for me, but are also still honest and still um, working at it and still willing to say, yes, I too have self-doubt and I too, you know, and to be able to look back and realize like, oh, I can reach back too and support somebody who's maybe a few steps behind me and and their journey is going to look different. But I think having space where you see that more is possible is a, is a really good first step. And then, okay, so now getting to the nitty gritty, like, who am I going to tell? Who am I going to be accountable to so that all the butts don't get in the way for sure. Yes. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. We need each other. Yeah. Um, Well, let's jump into our last, um, our last W, which is um, what has wowed you lately? Tell us a story of just a place where God or someone else has just made you stop in your tracks and be like, Wow, it could be whoa too, but you can't say what is woe to you. That's where <laughs> you said woe, wow, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of alluded to this earlier around the money conversation, but I, you know, being a entrepreneur, business owner, CEO for the last three years or so, it's been unequivocally the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and I've done a lot of hard things in my life. It's kind of my mo. I love. I love to choose challenge and hard stuff, but this has been really tough and um, for a lot of reasons, but COVID has been a huge factor and my children being at home for extraordinarily long periods of time, mm-hmm. oh, there's just a lot of mm-hmm. heart. And literally this week, I learned that only 6% of women-owned businesses ever get to an annual revenue of $100,000 or more, 6%. That's horrific to me. So, I mean, that's a wow in and of itself, but in the opposite direction, like 
wow, are you, are you serious that like with all of the creative genius and all of the ideas and all of the dreams and all the vision that women have only 6% get to a hundred thousand dollars? Like we can do better than that, right? Like not we women, but like we as a culture, we as a community, we as like system. And the, but the encouraging part of that was Azer and Co has been in that 6% for the last couple of years. Somehow wow. in the midst of a pandemic, by the grace of God, by the gift of the team that I have, like by the women that have been attracted and connected to our work, like we are among that 6%. And there was a wow of like, I mean, I could probably sob if I actually emotionally connect really deeply in that, this moment. <laughs> You're like, but I am choosing not to. <laughs> of our conversation um, I the wow was of such gratitude that we are here still the wow has been for the women who in a pandemic that has disproportionately impacted them that they have still inserted their credit card number to sign up for a coaching group or to pay for a workshop or to receive spiritual direction the wow has been like we clearly have so much work to do that will lead us toward more wholeness, not not only individually, but as as women and then as a broader global community. And wow, that like that 6% is, I mean, the, those, those businesses are absolutely changing the world. So it was, there was a whole lot of wow, gratitude, challenge, affirmation, validation in learning that this week. And I was a little like embarrassed that I didn't even know that stat until <laughs> literally the last week. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful and I'm, I'm more compelled and passionate than ever of what we get to do. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing and horrifying. You're right. It's, it's <laughs> that like, why is it this way and celebrating that God and uh, saying yes to your calling and just, you know, doing the hard work and also God doing the part that only God can do, right? Yep. It's that collaborative building on a spiritual level and on a physical level and a vision and business and all that stuff, mm -hmm. being able to even just going back to what you said before, like I'm done playing small, like this is, this matters. And mm -hmm. if that growth means another woman is going to hear about this yes. that didn't before. Yes. And then the multiplying of her influence and her impact, mm -hmm. it's huge. It's huge. It's now, how do you, like, I feel like there's probably women who are, there definitely are women listening now who are still in that mindset of like, like the, that word success, right? That word success is, has all that baggage with it as well, mm -hmm. the kind of same baggage we were talking about. And how are you finding it to push hard and truly aim for success because the stakes are high and also keep that perspective of humility and gratitude? Like, what would you say to somebody who's like hesitant to, yeah. to really be, to unleash herself and to let God unleash yeah. her? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, success and gratitude and dependence and trust and playing big, like those are not mutually exclusive words. And I mean, I would, I think I would even challenge on the flip side of like, how is failure or playing small or settling 
or accepting status quo, how is that less scary? Or how is yeah. that less <laughs> Snaps. I'm going to snap. Erin will hate this right. when you're I editing. Mean- I'm snapping into my mic. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, keep- I'm keeping it in. It will stay <gasps> in the episode. Uh. I. It's part of, like, what we have to actually do some work to uncover. Like, no, we, we, we believe that that success is like scary and hard and something that we should not pursue, but somehow the status quo and settling and failure is a better alternative. Right. That's crazy making. So obviously that's part of why we feel crazy at times, right? Cause there's this, there's this sort of like, April's this very passionate about sense. this. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does not make sense whatsoever, but we've been living with this limiting belief or this lie mm. about what it actually is. So, I mean, I think that, that part of it for me is, what is the why? And for me, the why isn't like, so I can have like stockpiles of money in a bank account for myself. (laughs) I mean, sure, that's fine, whatever. I don't care. But for me, the why is like looking at the two of you and going like, what could happen if you are living and leading with wholeness? What could it look like if you are living 100% into your potential? Like, holy crap, that is, that's beautiful and amazing. And then who it is that you impact, right? And the ripple effect Mm -hmm. that happens there the the why for me is my family like i have a daughter she is 12 years old she's on the cusp of you know adolescence she is tweening hard she is <laughs> all over the place um my daughter's also black and the the statistics around what black girls both experience and get in our country I am not willing to settle for. I'm not willing to accept mm. will be her future, her reality. Mm. So I am working and fighting really hard um, to make those things different. As a white woman mm. with a lot of privilege, but also have ex- experienced a lot of oppression and marginalization, my why exists for her mm. and for my boys because they are going to have elements of power and elements of privilege that are going to significantly impact people like my daughter and others as they grow up and as they are able to, you know, use that. So the success thing, it's, it's, it's what's the why that's behind it. And, Mm -hmm. and how can that like be a guide? Like what if lead bold had 10,000 women that participated in your conferences or in the offerings that you have, like that success plays a significant role then in the impact and the influence that you have. So Let's play big. Yeah. I love it. That I love is it. Such a, I was going to say, I've thought I have like a, a bevy of notes over here because always, I, for those that actually, we know this is an audio medium, but for those that can't see our visual recording, uh, one of April's AirPods keeps like jump leaping Just out of her ear. Because like, she's moving around. She's getting too passionate, passionate. and her earbuds are flying and out I'm of her head. Sweating. Like, I'm, look at this. I'm totally pinned. Nice. Like, I'm yeah. So fired up that, like, yeah. That's beautiful. I'm leaving this in. The people need to know the passion, yeah. the fire, the investment. Yes, um, yes. women sweat. But we um, we do this thing on the podcast, April, where we like come up with um, a uh, a name for your autobiography, and we just come up with the title. Then you you have all the responsibility and pressure of actually writing the book. But I have so many, Andrea, that I wrote down. I'm so I curious. I just have one. What's I just yours? have one. Mine, so, and then we title the episode, whatever our fake autobiography for you is. I just have, uh, I just have done with playing small. That's what I wrote. What'd you write, Erin? 
Um, I just think more commas is so funny. Like more commas, <laughs> living living in a like that that sense of abundance, right? Like more commas. Yeah, it's I know true. That's, I also love that like we talked about like the butts being in front. I like keep the butts in the back. Um. Interesting. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, I'm literally writing this I'm, down. Like, I'm visualizing it on our website now. April Diaz, keep the butts, butts in the, in the back. back. No, please don't do that. <laughs> I would pay That's a good. dollars if I had it, if you entitled that episode, Keep the Butts in the Back. Keep the Butts I in the Back. I actually wrote it with two T's as well. I didn't yeah, <laughs> you didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. It, it's been, this conversation has been really life-giving. Um, I'm not going to get a tattoo that says life, but I will live vicariously through your tattoo that says life. Um, <laughs> but just really life-giving, really this sense of, you know, we talk a lot about empowering women, but, you know, that word power is in there and everything I hear from you is very much about like putting that power in such an appropriate and grace-filled way into the hands of those that God has called. And like, why wouldn't we do everything we can to align with with power that is enough to raise Christ from the dead, right? Like if that's the true resurrection power, are we living our lives with that? And are we building our ministries with that? Um, so thank you for being in a space where you really get into the nitty gritty um, and get into the mess with women and help them emerge with a truer sense of like what mm -hmm. they can do and setting aside, putting the butts in the back and really living, <laughs> mm -hmm. living forward that way. What, mm -hmm. so for those who want to, you know, connect with you, find out more, tell us a little bit about what you have coming up and how they can find you and um, potentially connect with what you're doing. Yeah, the best place to find us on social is Instagram. We're the IG people. Um, and our handle is Azer and Co. E-Z-E-R and Co. Um, our website is azerandco.com. And really, honestly, the thing that is most significant in what we're doing is uh, our coaching groups. So we've got coaching groups that are launching in September. Um, we've got an executive coaching group that's specific for women that have executive roles that I am coaching. And then um, I've got a team of coaches that are coaching the rest of our coaching groups. Um, that are for every woman um, who wants to, is done playing small, you know, who is who is ready to go to the next level and get some breakthrough and live and lead with more wholeness. And I mean, we are, we are all in for that accountability and support around that. So those are really kind of the best places. Uh, my personal Instagram is April L Diaz, so two L's in that one and would love to connect. I, I believe and love women so much and think that like, just the coolest so however we can come alongside of you we're all in it yep and we're just getting started so right. thanks oh for gosh. helping us keep it going 100 really great to talk with you thanks for taking time thank you for just bringing your full self to us and our community and we're very excited april is going to be one of our keynote speakers at our bay area fall conference so excited just to have you to to receive what you have to bring and for our women, um, our Lead Bold community to get some FaceTime with you and really excited about that. So thanks for being part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for that. Thanks, April. It's killer to meet you. I really appreciate your candor today. All right. Until next time, keep leading bold. We really hope you enjoyed this amazing conversation with April. Just so candid, so real, um, and just really combating that feeling 
for women of kind of having to put butts uh, in front of what we do as opposed to asking for the big things, trusting God and really leaning into a life of abundance. If you want to know more about Azer & Co, I highly encourage you to check them out at azerandco.com. That's E-Z-E-R-A-N-D-C-O.com so you can find out more about April and her crew and the amazing things they're doing. We also encourage you to check us out at leadingbold.org for all of the updates and things that are coming for this year. We're very excited about 2023 and hope that we can connect with you and other women as we continue to lead bold. See you next time.